Yo, I put it like wow. This that sound. These oaks don't work hard like me. I hope they know by now. Bail, bail. Stand my ground. Throw these money trees go overseas like Percy Tow. I'll make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No negatives allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never, ever, ever think about the drop. Welcome to Sports Fans. It is the MKT show. Oh, 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 oh. On the radio. Oh, oh. I don't know if I'm ever gonna get sick and tired of doing that. You know what I mean? Radio. Oh, oh, oh. That's what they sound like on the radio. What's so, what's the deal there? What are we doing there, Alex? No one talks like that. Let's just talk normally. You know, people listen normally. People speak normally. It's how people have done it for years. And they like it now. I don't know what people like. Who knows what people like anymore? Hope you're having a, a good day, evening, uh, treat, whatever you're doing now. If you're having a midnight snack, which you know you shouldn't be, hope you're enjoying it. It's okay. You know? As long as you hit the gym tomorrow. Midnight snacks, that's what, that's what gets you. That's what gets you. You know, if you're trying to, if you're trying to tighten up the waistline. Gotta stop the snacking. Gotta stop eating after eight o'clock. Otherwise, you're gonna be in big trouble. You you gotta eat somewhere between six and seven, six seven half or seven after eight o'clock. You start eating then because you should be in bed, you know, by like nine. Because it's also part of the weight loss pro program. Well, not really a program. Just if you're trying to lose weight, you gotta sleep properly. It's what you gotta do. I'm just telling you. Um. Good day out here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. The weather's cleared up, which is nice. Very nice. Very, very nice here in Atlanta. Uh, we're going to spend a couple more days out here. Myself, uh, my producer, uh, Ryan Tinla. Ryan's got an American accent, and the American ladies are loving Ryan. They're loving Ryan. They are loving Ryan, which is... I don't know if I should I should feel insecure about that. I'm not sure. Because I'm definitely not getting the same sort of female attention as Ryan. Lady gave him a free cookie at um, the one Chick-fil-A um, in Cleveland. She's, yeah. And the guy who <laughs> was staying in an Airbnb in Atlanta, he was on a family call on Zoom or whatever. and And his sister... Saw Ryan and she's like, "Ooh, you kind of cute, kind of cute." So that was good. So Ryan's been in good form with the ladies. There was another lady who found Ryan attractive. I can't remember where. It's been a couple of cases. So good for Ryan. Good for Ryan. He's working his tail off. It's been um, a very dynamic setup here in America. Appreciate every uh, appreciate everybody who's been listening to the podcast. By the way, so our numbers are, are looking really good. Which is encouraging because we'd hoped to do a little bit more here in America, but life, sometimes it be that way, as they say. Sometimes it be that way, cause, anyway, the MKT show today, obviously Roman Abramovich sanctioned, um, we'll talk a little bit about what my thoughts are on that. Uh, of course, I am a Chelsea fan, so I'll, I'll give my thoughts as a fan and then as a grown up. 
because I've watched the business grow for 20 years now. And then Man United's manager list. Well, that just got more interesting. We saw PSG about out yesterday. I've just watched Chelsea win 3-1 against Norwich and Aston Villa put the whip ass on, uh, or they opened up a can of whip ass on Leeds, who are now in free fall. They are spiraling. Uh, the great El Loco Marcelo Bielsa is gone, and now Leeds are spiraling. So, um, Mr. Marsh, <laughs> I mean, obviously the uh, Ted Lasso jokes are quite easy to make, but uh, let's see how that works out for him. The English Premier League is not the Bundesliga, and it is not U.S. soccer. This is the finest athletes in the world, the finest league in the world, the top level, the biggest sports league in the world. Um, yeah, uh, let's see how it goes. I like Mr. Marsh because he's in shape. I like a coach that's in shape. Stay in shape. No need to not be in shape. It's my one problem with Andy Reid. I don't get it. Don't get why coaches have to be out of shape. You've got all the time in the world. To stay in shape. Thomas Tuchel, in shape. Jurgen Klopp, in shape. Jose Mourinho, in shape. Pep, in shape. Fergie, in shape. In his time. I don't know what he's up to now. He's done his thing. He's cool now. Him and Kathy, whatever they're up to. The great Alex Ferguson. As, as much as he, he made my childhood a misery because of how much Man United were winning, but he is great. So he can kind of let it go. I'm okay with it. You, you know, if you're special... We make exceptions for you, and he is. So Man United managers, I'll tell you who the best option is. Uh, I know there's been a couple that have been mentioned, but I'll, I'll tell you who I think the best option is, and it might surprise you. Uh, remember, you can listen to the Know Your Power podcast, by the way. Um, if you prefer the YouTube version, you can actually see my face, Ciabello's face, other people who join us on the podcast. Uh, you can find that on um, the MKT show on YouTube, otherwise wherever you find your podcast, the Know Your Power podcast. Um, the next, there's a couple uh, in there, so you'll see we've got Flip Vandermeer. If you've listened to the show before, um, Paddy Upton, the great Murray Ingram. Um, so there's there's about eight episodes out right now. You can go and check those out, and um, yeah, see how that goes for you. Because I like it. I I loved doing that podcast. I like it. And I've listened to all of them a couple of times. And I don't usually, <clears throat> outside of my own podcast, I don't really listen to other work that I do over again. But I've really enjoyed um, taking notes from these podcasts. So um, Know Your Power podcast, available, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, podcast, podcast. So in America today, 76ers take on Brooklyn. That'll be fun. James Harden, obviously, uh, we'll see how that goes for him. He'll probably want to drop a 50-piece on them or, or do something because that, that got ugly. So we'll see how, how we enjoy that. Let me tell you something. <laughs> because we've been here for a while, right, getting to know another person, kind of like living in boarding school. So it's been it's been interesting to see how people can live in the, on the same planet but live in two completely different worlds. Like myself and Ryan, just something as simple as our shopping habits, like what we buy, um, we're worlds apart. We, we couldn't be more different, myself and Ryan, as people. So that's been quite interesting to observe as well. Ryan Tinline, good, good guy. Solid guy. Yeah, he works his tail off, that guy. So it's been good to have him as a fellow compadre here in America. In America. And yeah, so Ryan and myself, we couldn't be more different. 
But we were just talking this morning about how it's actually what made our show great. We've got lots of, um, we're a cosmopolitan show. You know, he's from the West Rand. I'm from the northern suburbs of Johannesburg. James Ilsley, before he was with us, he's also, I think, a little bit from the West Rand, but also, I don't know, James Confused Child, that guy. He still lives in the slums, I think. I'm not sure where he lives now. But James is from wherever he's from. Senzo's from the hood in the south, you know what I'm saying? But St. David's guy. So it was a nice mix. And then Paulo's just a Portuguese guy, you know what I mean? So <laughs> he is just a Portuguese guy, if you know what I'm saying. Now, I'm not disconsolate. I mean, I can see when I said it in that tone, it might sound like I'm just saying he's just a Portuguese guy, like it's disappointing to be Portuguese, which is not what I was saying. I'm just saying Paulo is Paulo Diaz. It doesn't get more Portuguese than that. There's no mistaking that for, for a Scottish guy. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's what they say in America. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Spoke to a South African the other day, actually, a business contact here. <laughs> it was hilarious to hear a South African on the other side of the phone. Because that's, that's been a while. That's been a while. But yeah, I hear load shedding's back in South Africa. So we are coming back pretty soon. Boy, oh boy. We didn't have power here yesterday for six, five hours. So it's not just South Africa. Um, but here in Atlanta, it was because a tree fell on a power line. You know, went for a walk. We were looking for a bakery. Google lied to us. This this was just a house. We didn't exactly knock and see whether there was a bakery being run at this house. But it was just like, okay, we don't need that kind of trouble. You know what I mean? What if this person is a gun-wielding maniac? What were my thoughts? We are in the south of America. Everyone has a gun here. It's just what I imagine. Didn't want to get shot in the face. Not in the week where I'm going home. You know what I mean? I want to get home with a face. I'm already struggling. As I told you, Ryan's getting all the female attention here. Which I'm not sure if I'm secure or insecure about. I think I might have a problem with it, but I'm not sure. I'm still processing it. But yeah, Atlanta, all good. America, all good. It's been um, so far so good. We've had no real hiccups, no problems. No one's died, as we say in South Africa. Oh, my word. I think he died. Died where? I don't know. I just heard from Sydney. Who's Sydney? Don't worry about it. But he died. I think Clive died. I don't know who Clive is. Anyway, um, so we, we're not dead. Myself, Ryan, very much alive. Ryan just got himself some Gatorade. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So so Ryan doesn't drink water. And I don't, by that I don't mean, oh, he prefers to drink something with flavoring. He absolutely refuses to drink water. So that's been an interesting experience because where we are now, all right, is we're not close to the shops. Like you got an Uber, it's about a $10 Uber one way. And it's a bit of a schlep. It's about four kilometers from here. So it's it's that awkward distance where you can't just easily walk there. And it's a pricey Uber. You know, for South African standards, imagine three, four times a week, you're paying 360 Rand for Uber. You know. So Ryan decided, you know what, I'm going to buy three Pepsis, two liter Pepsi. So that's his thing in America now. He's usually a Coke guy, but he told me he was going a little bit healthier with Pepsi in South Africa. So... You got three Pepsis, two Gatorades, just so he absolutely has something to drink. 
So, but he refuses to drink water, by the way. Which, well, hey, whatever. I mean, you know, it's not, um, it's not my place. It's not my place. But um, Ryan Tinline, good guy. Good guy. He's been all about the experience. He's loving it. He's loving America. And I found America just as interesting and intriguing. And uh, we'll certainly be back soon. Be back soon, soon, soon. That's radio, radio. All right, um, let's talk a little bit of sport. Um, as I said, uh, Philadelphia 76ers I will face the Brooklyn Nets tonight. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. There's, there's all sorts of animosity there because obviously the big trade. Uh, ben Simmons, we're not sure if he's going to play tonight. He's just an Australian guy who's going through the most right now. I, I don't know. Is he married to a, to a Kardashian? Or was with a Kardashian? I don't know. But he's going through the most... He's unavailable due to mental health right now. But James Harden, although he's looking chunky in the stomach area, he's out there. He's out there wheeling and dealing and dishing. So it's looking good for the Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid as the MVBD is what they're saying. MVP, uh, but they're saying MVBD, which is clever because it's his name. You know what I mean? Very clever. Clever. Oh, very nice. Very clever. In other news, Carson Wentz, breaking news yesterday, quarterback. It's a bit of a situation because his sort of father figure, Frank Reich, kind of put his neck on the line proverbially uh, to bring him to Indianapolis. Uh, if you don't know who Jim Ursay is, go and look him up. He's the owner and uh, he, he got the, the team from his father, the Indianapolis Colts. Jim Ursay. He's one of the most eccentric human beings you could ever wish to meet. And he was he was going absolutely, he was incandescent, according to reports, about the way the season ended last season. And Carson Wentz, who was brought in up on uh, Frank Reich's recommendation, Frank Reich, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, has just been traded to the Washington Commanders. Commanders. So Washington Commanders now have um, Carson Wentz. It's his third team in three years. That's very, very concerning. Now, his problem is that he is reckless with the ball. Big arm, big athlete, but reckless. He will throw it into coverage, and they've had enough. Jim Ursay says, I've had enough. After one year, that puts huge pressure on Frank Reich, and um, I'm not sure if Chris Ballard, who's who's an awesome um, GM, will be under pressure. I think Frank Reich, after he bet on Carson Wentz, will be under enormous pressure. Jim Ursay is under enormous pressure to deliver because they gave up a lot to get him. Um, so if you don't know how it works in American sports, they have a draft selection um, every year where they bring like new recruits in from college. And the draft picks are generally how you trade for pieces or assets. So they gave up a lot to get Carson Wentz. And here we are now. They've moved him on a year later. Philadelphia won that trade and it's not even close. So here we are. It's it's big news in America. Will he be able to step up? Will he be able to step up in Washington and deliver for the commanders? We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I like Carson Wentz. But there's been all sorts of problems coming out. And you know what the problem is with alpha males? Carson Wentz doesn't seem like that guy, a dude's dude. He just wants to do his own thing. And if you're in a sport as brutal as the NFL, uh, sort of Premier League football, 
you've got to be one of the guys, right? And, and if you're the captain, is your role is not to be cool, but you've got to be willing to lead and get along with the dressing room. And you, you've got to be willing to keep a handle on it as well. You, it still helps to be a dude. Like as much as you need Vincent Company and, and all these guys, you, you gotta be, you can't be one of the lads, but you've gotta be a dude's dude. And Carson Wentz just, it, it's coming out that he's a little distant and aloof. And you can't be that position and be aloof. You can be any other position because nobody cares. You're not, you're not the CEO. The CEO can't be aloof. That doesn't work. Nowhere does that work. Right? He, everybody needs to know that this guy is conscious on and cares as much as we do. Whether it's true or not, by the way. But you need to present that face. And um, a lot of reports are coming out. Now, Carson Wentz, this may be his last chance to save his job as a starting QB in the NFL. That's according to Dan Orlovsky. Uh, love him. He's on something called Get Up. Get Up with Mike Greenberg, which is an awesome show. So uh, Carson Wentz, big, big, big season coming up for him. Washington Commanders. And we'll see how that goes because... There'll be some pressure there for the coaching staff as well. It's it's year three now. And the problem for them is they've got a guy called Dan Schneider who owns them. Ugh. You can go and look up the, the article. I think it was in the Huffington Post a couple of years ago. About some of the madness that was going on there. Wow. What they covered up there. And he's so rich that he was able to keep his team. Because... Remember there was the the guy for the was it the Clippers owner who had some uh, racist statements and he had to sell his team immediately. Like Adam Silver was not playing that. Dan Schneider is listen. It's thirty two billionaires as well. These guys are going to work together and protect each other. It's just how life works. I'm sorry. Right? If you went to Saint Anne's or whatever, and you get her a job, and she went to Saint Dominic's or whatever these hoity toity schools are that people go to. It's a whole network, right? You look after each other. That's just how it works. Right? People don't like to hear it. And people say, oh, it doesn't matter what school you go to. In South Africa, it does. Like, I hate to tell you. Like, I know people. So, no, it doesn't matter, bro. My, my dad went to. That still helps. And so, like, if you're a, if you went to St. Anne's, it makes a difference. It makes a difference when you knock. And you say, what's good you go to? I went to St. Anne's. Oh, really? People still give that response. And those networks look after each other. 32 billionaires, they, they're going to look after each other. So Dan Schneider, if those reports are true and there's an investigation still going on, it is remarkable that Roger Goodell let him keep the team. But again, listen, Roger Goodell works for the owners, right? The commissioner works for the owners. So it's a difficult situation unless somebody else forces him out or there's enough public uh, and political will. Dan Schneider, some of the reports that came out there in this day and age, but again, extremely powerful man when you've got those kinds of resources. Unfortunately, money doesn't change us. It makes us more of who, who we are. But unfortunately, when you've got those kinds of resources, you can make a lot of things go away. And we'll see if his resources can make this go away because it's still going on. There is an investigation. It's getting weird. But Carson Wentz, that's where he is now. They, they're trying to do like a rebrand. See how it goes for them. All right, let's get back um, to originally scheduled programming. They say that a lot in America. I've been watching some, like some of the sporting. I haven't watched any news and stuff. Um, I generally don't watch news. I'll, I'll, I'll generally re read articles. 
just because I've got to keep an eye on things, right? You, you can't, can't not know what's happening. But I haven't watched any news since I've been here, so I don't really know what's going on with the war in the Ukraine, other than knowing the sort of top-line stuff, right? But the news here, they say this a lot. We now return to scheduled programming. It's like, okay, why are you telling me that? I'm watching this. I know what's supposed to be on. Just get back to it, you bloody mug. Why do you have to say that? I'm not a baby. You don't have to baby me. Well, who's it for? Like, if I just arrived, if I've just logged on to watch it, great, get back to it. Why do you need to tell me you're getting back to it if that's who it's for? If I'm the person who's been watching the whole time, I know you left that story because you probably said something like, oh, breaking news or whatever. We've got a breakaway. Just get back to the programming. You don't need to tell me back to regular program. Unbelievable. Like 1850 here. Unreal. Unreal. Tell you what else is unreal. Uh, Roman Abramovich just got sanctioned. And and they're clamping down. And now the Western world is really coming down on Russia. So think of that what you will. Don't know. I don't know anything about politics. I'm a moron. I just like to talk about sport. And other stuff. That isn't complicated. Because I don't, I don't have the brain for... Some of this hoity-toity, smart people stuff. You know what I mean? I don't have the brain for it. you got to have the brain for it. you got to have the seichel. As my Yiddish brethren will tell you. The seichel. Uh, Roman Abramovich, he's sanctioned. So I want to tell you who the winners are in, these, in this situation. But before we get into that. One thing I've learned in my life is that chaos is opportunity for the prepared. Only for the prepared. Right? When chaos strikes, the prepared, those that have saved, those that have invested, those that have the resources to buy when others are panicking, that's the time to go and buy. Buy low, sell high, right? That's the rule. Capitalism 101. Investment 101. When things tank, in your family situation, you all know. There's there's one brother, one sister who we all rely on when things, in my in my family, it's my sister, right? She's a rock, absolute rock. When things go wrong, right, chaos is opportunity for the prepared. And Roman Abramovich and Chelsea now won't be able to buy players, won't be able to offer players new contracts, right, uh, that, which is a problem because Aspilicueta, Rudiger, and uh, <clears throat> Academy product Andreas Christensen are all out of contract, and it's been a rather murky ugly negotiation process. But what Roman Abramovich has done brilliantly in the last 20 years, before we get into who I think the winners are from this situation, is something which I'm trying to work on and have tried to work on my whole life, actually. Um, I would say it's probably one of my strong assets is that internal fortitude. It works for and against you, right? But people's opinions don't really bother me. Like I'm I'm really not, I don't waver if you say something about me and I've never, I've never really worried about bullies or people being ugly to me. It, it It's never really affected me. I don't have that personality type and I, I, I've worked consciously on building that as I've gotten older. So because empires don't collapse from the outside, people always say my marriage failed because 
of that woman that my husband was looking at or that person over there. No, your marriage fails because you stop communicating with people. Like I know this from my, from my own personal relations. Personal relationships fail because you, t- you don't take care of the stuff that's supposed to be taken care of, the little stuff, the communication, the reliability, right? Servicing your friend's needs, giving them a call, checking up on them. That's why relationships fail, not because that other woman's better looking than you. I mean, sometimes it is that. Sometimes it is that. I mean, we've got to live with that. We, we, we aren't all Meryl Streep, you know what I mean? She's still quite foxy. But anyway, Roman Abramovich has built a club in Chelsea Football Club where internally it's the best academy in Europe, as it stands. Internal fortitude. There is a fortitude at Chelsea to say, we are the gold standard now. And in life, you have to have that, right? Empires don't collapse from the outside. Your marriage didn't collapse from the outside. Your friendship didn't fail because of other people. What did you do? What stopped between you guys? Something happened at home. It's been said nobody comes from miles away to betray you. Often the people that will betray you in life are those around you. It's exhausting to come from somewhere else to come and betray someone. Which is why empires collapse largely, and history tells us this, from the inside. Chelsea are going to be fine. All because of Roman Abramovich. I don't know. Listen, to, to go from orphan to be one of the most powerful men in the world, he's got to have something about him, right? And his business has modeled is modeled that way. There is no better academy, no more successful academy in the last 20 years than Chelsea Academy. Cobham FC. Listen, in Chaloba, Reese James, Chilwell, Mount, Conor Gallagher, Havertz, Pulisic, Werner, it's a mix of extreme external talent and homegrown talent. Chaloba, James, Chilwell, Mount, Conor Gallagher, Havertz, Pulisic, Werner. All under the age of 28, you can build around that. All under the age of 28. They just won the Champions League, by the way. This is a very young team. A lot of those guys are under the age of 25. And if they get to re-sign, Livramento still needs to come back. They'll negotiate him. Anduran will come back. He just signed his five-year deal. You see what he's doing in Southampton. Chalabar, James, Chilwell, Mount, Conor Gallagher, Havertz, Pulisic, Werner. All of those are under the age of 28. Kovacic is under contract. Kante is under contract. Jorginho is under contract. I'm not in love with Jorginho, but he is under contract and is a serial winner. Loftus-Cheek. They'll live. Marcus Alonso is still there. They'll live. Chelsea will move on. Chelsea will move on. Internal fortitude means you learn to move on from people. Chelsea will be fine. The great Roman Abramovich, I love him. It's sad. What's happening is happening. This is fine. Whatever. But what he's built is a legacy business. The foundation, it would take a real mug to come and mess this up. You'd have to be a real mug to come and mess this up. All right, so top three, I think, is secure for the next couple of years just because of those players. Just because of those players. He's built such a strong foundation that academy's going to... You see, if you build a strong um, academy 20 years ago, it takes about 10, 15 years, as it's done with the German and the Belgian organizations. 
But once you start churning out the, the quality guys, because the standard, everything is about standards. Now you're going to keep seeing more and more. Look around the Premier League, by the way. It's all Chelsea kids now running around. It was Man United kids at a stage, if you remember, under, under Fergie. But it takes about 10 to 15 years, and then you just start churning them out because you've got the system right, you've got the expectations right, the culture's right, what it, what it means to be a Chelsea player is right. Chelsea, you're going to churn out young players over the next five years, whether you like it or not, because they're already at Chelsea with the breeding at Chelsea. 20 years of hard work, top three will be fine. But here the clubs, I think, are actually poised to challenge because, as I said to you, chaos is opportunity for the prepared. And you, you know what it is? Isn't it funny in life sometimes? You don't need to be the best, right? You just need to be consistent. You need to be in the right place. So many people are obsessed. They kill themselves. Ah, just like, ah, I'm not winning now. Just stay consistent. Consistency is king. And I think... Newcastle are in a great position to challenge for the, like Chelsea's sort of role. Depending where Chelsea goes. I mean, I'm speaking, uh, Chelsea will be alright for the next four or five years. But following that, we don't know. But I think Newcastle, unlimited funds, and clearly Amanda Staveley is a strong leader. Whether you like her or not, she's got the deal done, and she's done sensational business. I don't care what anybody says. Newcastle have done super, super frugal, right? but they've made the right footballing decisions. And people are who they are. And they will show you the first time who they are. You just have to believe them. This lady's not mucking about. She has a very Roman Abramovich. And also not shy to speak out, by the way. She defended Abramovich, which was very interesting. But I guess when you've got 870 million pounds, sorry, billion pounds uh, behind you, uh, you can kind of say whatever you want. You, You know, there's some ice to that lady. She does not look like somebody you want to muck about with. She's real. And Newcastle are real. And they've done incredible football business. What that tells you is not only are they going to spend like Chelsea spent 20 years ago. Right? Because they can. But they're going to make good decisions more, more often than not. Name one of the signings they've made since the Saudis arrived. That have been a bad call. Not one. Trippier, a hit. Right? Willick's coming on now. I mean, he was signed before, but it's, it's been phenomenal. Dan Byrne, a hit. He's smashing. You see how they're not conceding. They, they won again today, by the way. So I think Newcastle are poised over the next two, three years to challenge that Chelsea role as the big spenders that disrupt um, the dominance of Manchester City and Liverpool. The other one, which might sound crazy, is I think is Leicester. <clears throat> They've been fifth twice in a row, right? And they've got something which is, it's underrated now. They've got the best British coach that there is. Brendan Rodgers is the best British coach there is. Right? This, listen, they don't have the resources of Chelsea, so they can't keep reloading every year. Man City, Man United. So it's an off year, but it's okay. They'll be back. They know Brendan Rodgers is solid. He'll get it right. And, and the injuries have been appalling for them this year. By the way, I mean, three of their back four has been out for 90% of the season. So Yintru's just kind of coming back to it. But uh, Justin's been out the whole season. They just lost Chilwell. I mean, these are tough things to recover from. Brendan Rodgers is great, and they've got a great culture. Fifth for two years in a row. 
Right? If people don't watch out, I think Leicester, the Foxes are poised to pounce. But I think the biggest threat of them all is Arsenal. And I've been wrong about how long it would take them. But next year is year four of the Mikel Arteta project and he'll have Champions League football. So if anybody's going to pounce, it's Arsenal because they go into year four and they've got a super rich owner, by the way. The Kroenke, I mean, you've just seen, if you, ha- if you haven't, the Rams have everybody. He will spend money. He is not shy. He is not shy. By the way, he's, his wife's the target lady, so he's plenty of money. I think she's worth uh, $30 billion. He's worth, I think, 10 himself. He's not doing badly. So Stan Kroenke will spend. And I've always said Kroenke's not the problem. Arsenal is the problem. The biggest threat, I think, those that can threaten Chelsea the most is Arsenal. Right, they've got a young core, their own, and that in again, they got rid of Aubameyang. What did that tell you? And and what has Arteta done over the last three years? Gotten rid of the riffraff, gotten rid of Wenger's guys. Right, Ozil. It's ugly, but get out. Right, Aubameyang. That's out. Callum Chambers out. All of these guys that aren't Mikel Arteta style guys, gone. Bellerin out. And these are, these are Arsenal Academy products, a lot of them. But Mikel Arteta over the last two years has been, he's been trying to repair the damage Arsene Wenger did in the last 15 years. And, and you have to blame Arsene Wenger, by the way. I don't, I don't really want to make this about that, but we, we're into year four of the Arteta project. And you can see where it's headed. They trust him. They back him. He's good. They're good. Saka, Odegaard. Laka, Saka, Jaka. You, you can see it's coming together. Listen, like every good man, I hate Arsenal as well. But it's coming together. And they are poised to pounce. If, listen, if you're Manchester United, I'll finish off with why I don't think Man United are a threat. This could spell a decade of you out. You could become what Liverpool have been before Jürgen. Because this could be another decade of being outside of the top four. Because Arsenal are in year four of this project. And look at how young the squad is. Odegaard's not going anywhere. He's the captain of Norway. So he's a high character guy, you know. Bukayo Saka, I think the next face of British football. Right? Martinelli, you see what that is. You see it, don't lie. Ben White, he looks like he's half decent. Gabriel looks half decent. They'll grow over the next two, three years. Centre-backs only come into their element at 26, 27 and onwards. So they've got a couple more years to develop, but already looking top four. Cedric Suarez, they're, they're making that work. Thomas Partey and Xhaka in midfield, they're starting to work. They've got Lakonga, who was the captain at Underlecht at the age of 18. So there's another leader that Mikel Arteta spotted, and he says, that's what I want. Remember, Arteta's a leader. He's been a captain everywhere he's been. Right, Espanyol, Arsenal, Everton, Skipper. He's had to undo the work of Arsene Bang Wenger's 15 years of, of tosh. We're in year, year four of his project, and they're going to have Champions League football, and the money's not a problem. And it's London, by the way. Who doesn't want to live? If, you go, if you're going to go to England, you want to live in London. And here's what I said. Chaos is opportunity for the prepared. Man United are shambles at the worst possible time, aren't they? An absolute shambles at the worst possible time. Because this is when they should pounce. But folks, this is what happens in life, right? 
When you're prepared, you can take advantage when the chaos comes. It's ruthless, it's bottom line thinking, but it is what it is. If you play rugby, people get injured. My old lady used to say, stay ready, don't get ready. If you fit, you, you keep your mind in the game, guy, you're fullback. The fullback, it's an injury-ending season and your mindset isn't right to step in. What's the coach going to say? I was right to leave him on the bench. As soon as the other guy comes back, this guy's out. Get your mind right. When you're prepared, you can take advantage. Being prepared is the greatest gift a mentor of mine uh, ever gave me. Always be prepared. Always be prepared. Man United have been a shambles at the wrong time. And you know what this does. Because Chelsea are going to stay top three, right? Jürgen's got one more year and we don't know what's going to happen with Liverpool after that situation. We saw what happened to Fergie after that. After Fergie left, we saw what happened, became of Man United and continues to happen after nine years. It'll be year 10 next season with no trophy. But Jürgen will leave. Man City are going to be fine. Chelsea are going to be fine. Tottenham are still going to be the same. They're not going anywhere. But here come Arsenal. Here come Aston Villa. Man United are in big, big trouble if they don't get the next managerial appointment correct. And I'll, I will talk about that in a bit. Listen, if your dream girl, right, becomes single and you're broke, that's on you. <laughs> I'm sorry. And that's Man United right now. If your dream girl becomes available and you're broke and now you can't even make the move, that's on you. I've got no sympathy for you. Listen, Chelsea are going to be fine. I watched them get into the top four with children under Frank Lampard. That was with Lampard. He's about to get Everton relegated and try to get Chelsea relegated. Chelsea are going to be fine. The foundation, it's a, gr- it's a great modern day club. Problem with Man United is they're ancient. They like Nokia, Chelsea's Apple. Chelsea be fine. I watched the kids get top four. What are Man United going to do? Because this was the time to pounce and try and knock Chelsea back off the perch. But you're not prepared. You're a shambles. You're scrambling. You've still got Paul Pogba and Maguire and who... I mean... I think Arsenal are the biggest threat to Chelsea in that top three over the next two years. Because Chelsea will stabilize after that. There will be a billionaire owner. He'll come take over. It's still a valuable asset. still a Champions League club. And Man United had their chance. Hey, listen, get prepared. Do not let your dream girl become available when she breaks up with Dum Dum over there. And you're in crippling debt. Don't let it happen to you. Don't be that guy. Get your story straight because people will fall off. Consistency always wins. Consistency will continue to be talent. Consistency will be talent. And Man United have tried to cheat the system. Pogba, Di Maria, buying all of these guys. It's not how it works. Build the culture first. If your dream girl becomes available, and you're a broke-ass dude, that's on you. That is on you. Stay ready. Don't get ready. Man United never heard that. Listen, let's speak of Man United quickly. People are telling me about the next managers, right? Next managers of Manchester United. It's been so interesting to hear who everyone's saying. I'm listening to everything to uh, 
sort of um, United Stand, MUTV. Everyone's talking about the next Manchester United manager. And I'm I'm laughing, right? I find it hysterical. But before we get into, I think, the next Man United manager, <laughs> I heard a story earlier about a guy who who's about to enter into a, a negotiation or, or a contract to buy a house with his new girlfriend. Note, I said girlfriend. They've been together for a year. So he's been struggling to find work for about two, three years. And he just got a new job. And his new lady, who he's been with for a year, has really bullied him into buying a new house. He just got a new job. He's kind of stabilizing. He had to move home. And he moved in with her. She's a baller. She's balling. She's she's working big time. She's moving and grooving. She's been saving up. She's a serious, serious woman. Here's the problem with my guy is he's not being honest with who he is and where he is. He's being bullied into a situation. And, and I can't identify with that. I can't identify with being bullied into doing things that I don't want. Like you can't make me do what I don't want to do. And this situation is quite interesting because it happens with all of us. We're not honest with where we are in life. And then we're like, oh, I can't believe that guy doesn't find me attractive. Why doesn't he find me attractive? Why won't he see me how I want him to see me? Why won't she see me? Why won't this job take me, right? It's a character thing. Well, what's the blueprint? Where, 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 are, we, where are we internally? You can't, you can't lie to people. You can't lie to smart people. You can lie to yourself. You can lie to your friends. You can lie to your mom and dad. Not to smart people. But this guy, my man, in the story I'm telling you, and it's a real story. I heard it yesterday where this guy is a year into a relationship. He's about to buy a house with somebody because he's kind of being bullied into it. There's there's a whole, there's a bunch of dynamics as to why he's in this situation. But I thought, jeepers, be honest with where you are in life. Right? Be honest. Like if you don't, I don't know, if you don't have the money, that's fine. If you're not emotionally there, that's fine. Because the other option, which is lying, is always more painful. And Man United fans are lying to themselves. Because I've seen this happen. People still see themselves as the prettiest guy and girl or guy in high school. Man United fans still think Carlo Ancelotti, Jurgen Klopp, Ten Hag, Tuchel would be lucky to be with Man United as they stand long. Which I find hilarious because, and it's not an anti-United thing. I think it's not 2013 anymore. But the only way to judge people, I find, as I get older, when, when we're younger, obviously, if you're better looking, I just forgive you. Right? You can do anything. But in real life, once we threw the charm and the BS is you are what you repeatedly do. Why would Carlo Ancelotti, Jurgen Klopp, Ten Hag, Thomas Tuchel consider Man United after they watched you spit out LVG, one of the greatest managers of all time, Jose Mourinho, David Moyes, and one in your very own in Oli Gonosowski? Why would Thomas Tuchel want to be in that environment? Why? Like, what is their incentive? Because they know now the one thing about being a football manager now is that I believe the, the time span in the Premier League, the average job lasts two and a half years. Two and a half years. They know they're going to get fired. 
Why would they go to a disaster of a situation? Because they know that affects their income in the future. It's all about money. But these are legacy guys. LVG, Jose, Moyes, and Oli. That's in eight years. You had one guy for 27 years. Why would any smart manager go to Man United right now? Be honest. Guys, if Jose Mourinho couldn't get it together, (laughs) then I don't know why Thomas Tuchel would. Let me give you who the best options are for Man United for where they are now in life. Because right? it's not 2013. Let's get over that. You, you're not the prom queen anymore. You're not the rugby captain. You, you're not. That's not who you are. You're not the netball captain. That's not who you are. You're not. Here's the... So I've got three options, but I have one which is a might shock people as the best option, which is where United should go next year if they're serious, about where they are right now as an institution. Number one, Brendan Rodgers. The nice thing about Brendan Rodgers is his career has been built on. He will coach players right from his Swansea days. He'll coach mediocre players and get them to overachieve. Man United's loaded right now with overpaid mediocre players. From a coaching front, I don't think you could do better as a British guy. The other guy I would consider is Ralph Hasenhutl. He's a culture guy and he's a tremendous coach. He creates a, a them against us mentality, a poor man's Jurgen Klopp, uh, poor man's uh, Jose Mourinho, if you will. And he seems to be a player's coach. Like that, that works now with these youngsters. But you need intensity. Man United doesn't feel scary anymore. There was a time when you thought, oh my goodness, it's the Red Devils. Name one thing that's intimidating about Manchester United right now. Other than seeing Cristiano Ronaldo every now and then when he's not uh, out with a hip flexor because he's a geriatric now. Hassan Hodel would create that intensity. He's intense. Fergie was intense. That was so, It was such a big weapon for Fergie. Hassan Hodel almost seems too much for Southampton. He's almost too intense. He's almost too demanding for a club that small. What Hassan Hodel would do, he's, he'd do... He'd create intensity and get the most out of mediocre players. But the best option, and you know this, you know I'm right. It's okay in life to say you made a mistake. People make mistakes. We all make mistakes. The best option would be to get David Moyes. The best option would be to say, Manchester United, we made a mistake. Okay, cool. Who do we get? David Moyes. Why? Everton, right, and now at West Ham. What have you seen from Moisey? He can rebuild the broken culture and he can get average mediocre players to overachieve. What are Manchester United right now? Culturally broken and they have a bunch of overpaid mediocre players who they won't be able to move because the contracts are asinine. Absolutely ridiculous the size of the contract. So move move off the idea that you're still Manchester United under Fergie. In fact, we really should have Fergie FC and Manchester United. You are not that. Fergie's gone. And he cannot save you from the Sir Alex Ferguson stand. You are what you are now. You know, you know what Man United are? They're the pretty girl who put on a little bit of weight and had three bad relationships and was ugly to everyone in high school. 
And now you're 32 and you need a job and you've got two kids and you're on your own. Oh no, but you are horrible to everybody. But you still see yourself. You think you can charm your way like you did in high school into everything. Uh-uh. Everyone's grown up now. Man City are here now. Chelsea are here now. And they're real. Aston Villa's here now, by the way. Newcastle's here now. Remember there was a time where Newcastle wouldn't be competing with um, Man United? Well, it's real now. Amanda Stavely can afford to pay poor Pogba's wages and not even lose a wink of sleep. If needed, she'll do it. It's not 2013. Get over yourself. Empires fall from the inside. Louis van Gaal, Jose Mourinho, David Moyes, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer fired. You made a mistake. It's okay. Because what Man United fans and, and, and the club needs to accept, you're not in a place to win right now. Sometimes an empire isn't in a place to win. The most dangerous thing you can do, right? And the Roman Empire did this and, and many an empire. The Byzantine, go, go back in history. When empires try to expand, when they don't have things right internally, well, we've seen where that goes. You're not in a place to win right now if you're Man, if you're man United. Be honest. What do you need to do? Regroup, rebuild the culture, and get the most out of the ridiculously paid players you've got now. You can't move Harry Maguire. Nobody's going to give you even $10 million for that guy. You can't move Lindelof. That contract's ridiculous. You can't move Luke Shaw. He's on insane money. Aaron Bissaka, you, you spend too much on. You've got a long-term deal. Bruno, the money's insane. You can't move those guys. What you can do is get the most out of them. And the best available right now, who you could get, and you're going to have to pay him because you scorned him once, is David Moyes. There's no better guy to bring in. Look what happened at Everton. Look what's happening at West Ham. Broken cultures. Mediocre players. All of them are challenging for the top six. Moisey is who he is. The last time David Moyes was in town, United didn't have a broken culture. They were just coming off the greatest dynasty in British football. So nobody thought the culture needs to be reset and maybe it wasn't right for him. And also nobody should be the guy after the guy. You want to be the guy after the guy after the guy. Right? The timing was poor for David Moyes. It was an aging squad. Fergie had let that squad age and they'd really got over the line because it was Fergie. But there wasn't a cultural problem. They still had Vidic. They still had Ashley Young. They still had um, Rio Ferdinand, Gary Neville. Or Neville had retired the season before, but Evre was still there. And remember, he had a fallout with all those senior players because Moyes tried to change the diet and all of this, that. And it came out that the players weren't happy with a lot of things. You made a mistake. It's okay to say that in life. If I was Manchester United, I would go and get David Moyes at all costs from West Ham. And give him a five-year deal and settle down. You are no longer the big fish in town. It's Man United, right? It's Sorry, it's Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea for now. Go and regroup. Go and rebuild the culture. And then you can add the talent and come again in three, four, five years. Otherwise, let me tell you what I'm. what's going to happen. You're going to keep doing what you're doing now. It's going to be 15 years with no title. And then you're going to rebuild again. And you're going to fire whoever's next. And Ten Hag's not coming. Forget that. He knows the Real Madrid job's coming. PSG job's coming. Ten Hag can go and work with the best players in the world with a culture, with resources. 
if Man United, Man United aren't going to make the Champions League this year, why would Ten Hag leave Ajax to go to Manchester United? Explain that to me. Because what he's seen is how you treated Moyes. He's a, <laughs> there's no better job than being the IX manager in the world. They will look after you better than anybody, and they do. I mean, Edwin van der Sar may need to come and work at Manchester United. It's the only way you get Ten Hag, right? It's the only way you get Ten Hag. But they saw how you treat Jose. LVG, Moyes, Oli, that's four managers, gigs you throw in there. Five managers in nine years. What's the plan? You need to get over yourself, Man United. Rebuild the culture. David Moyes is the only option. Pochettino would be hilarious. I don't know where his reputation got built. I don't know where the furor about him came up. So it'll be hilarious if they get him because then I'm not sure what the plan is because he's not coming to win. You know how I know that? He's not won anywhere else. Love to hear what you think. My name is MKT. Should Man United get David Moyes back? I think they should get Moyes back. With where they are in their cycle, which is lower than Snake's belly, as they say, get somebody to come rebuild your culture just like right now, I don't know what Man United is. Just get yourself looking a certain way. Make yourself uncomfortable to play against and get some intensity. Moisey will do that. Terrific coach, as you can see, what he, with what he's doing at West Ham. With way worse players than Man United, by the way. Way worse. Nobody's scared to play Man United anymore. That's a problem. People are scared to play West Ham now. A football team will always be a reflection of the manager. Man City, complicated, idiosyncratic, right? Intense, Pep Guardiola. Liverpool, intense, relentless, fun, Jurgen Klopp. Chelsea, intense, robust, unforgiving, Thomas Tuchel. You see his personality, the intensity. I mean, he falls out with senior management. He fell out at Dortmund and at PSG. He's relentless. He's unforgiving. Robust. Fergie. Man United were attack, attack, attack. Ruthless. Unforgiving. That's what they were. What are Man United right now? You don't know because you've had four, five managers in eight years. Absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. If you get Poch, that, that I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Then I don't know. Then you got to give up. It's, it's, then you officially become Arsenal or, or Liverpool of the nineties uh, and noughties. It's going to be twenty years with no title. David Moyes, love to know what you think. My name is MKT, and ladies and gentlemen, this has been the MKT show. And for now, I am the hell out of here.